Welcome to the Going for Two podcast, where we value quality over quantity when it comes to our fans, pretty much because we have no other choice. I'm one of your co-hosts, Ben Cobb, joined today by Logan, the other co-host, Sartain. Logan, what's happening? Ben, not a lot, not a lot, but I got to tell you, I think, honestly, I might trade all of our quality fans for about 10,000 uh, non-quality fans and listeners. Whoa, I, whoa, Logan, you're gonna you're gonna lose us. The only fans we. Have. Oh man, you're you're probably right about that. That was oh, such man. a funny joke I told there. That was hilarious. <laughs> Nobody that probably was, got yeah, it. I mean, yeah. It's, it's yeah, right. I mean, you know, but but only our true listeners got the joke. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. You're just preempting April Fool's Day a little bit. So I, I get you. I get you. Yep. What's happening in Texas? It's sunshine. Finally, it uh, it already feels like yeah. summer. Uh, we hit we okay. hit eighty degrees today. Ooh, yeah, man. So yeah, we hit about seventy five up here. It's beautiful. I'm already tired of wearing jeans to work, and uh, I know that for people who have to wear slacks and other things, they they hate me right now. Yep. Uh, but that's <laughs> the truth. It would be nice to work for an organization where appearance didn't really matter. You know, you just come in with basketball shorts and a tank. Uh, you why know, didn't we to work? Why didn't we become coaches again, Ben? I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I honestly don't know. My mom would have loved me to be a coach. She would have loved me to, to be a teacher and a coach. She loves what I do now, but she also she's a teacher. So I think yeah. she was like, "You should be a teacher." For, so, mom, if you're listening, sorry for for me. I think it was it was either um, the not a lot of pay or the whole lot of hours that kind of sure, kind of dissuaded sure. me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure which, maybe both, but sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Um so speaking of the opposite of not a lot of pay. <laughs> oh, how's that for a segue? No, it's a terrible segue. Anyways, let's transition now into the NBA. There's really there's no good no segue, good segue. to that. So but transitioning into the NBA, um, Man, what's going on? There's a, there's a couple teams that are not in the position, or at least hoped they would be, uh, this this time of the season. That's and that includes sure. the star-studded 76ers, man. You know, I remember the 76ers in the, the preseason – Mm-hmm. They were like one of the hottest teams around, you know, they were, you know, <clears throat> they had, I mean, they had a good, very good season here and they were kind of the team. I, I don't want to compare them to the chiefs of the NFL because they're definitely not, but they were on similar trajectory, like a team that had always, you, you know, hadn't kind of lived up to what they went to. And then finally had a year where they put it together. And then the chiefs kind of went the route that most uh, with winning the Super Bowl after a really good year, and the 76ers aren't really following. Suit. No, uh, they are kind of on the downward trend. No, they're um, not, and and they they are on the downward trend. They're not living up to expectations. They've, like you said, they're star studded. They've got their two uh, elite young players in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, who are both hurt. With both of their stars missing significant time this season, you know, that's that's something that maybe was unavoidable. And maybe if they were on a good trajectory before 
Embiid and Simmons got injured, we wouldn't be having this conversation, but they really weren't. Yeah. Their their road record has really been not good. Let's look. It is so they're slotted right now in the sixth seed. Their road away from home is ten and twenty four. Golly day. Man. That is by far the worst of the playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only – and there's there's two teams below them in the rankings that that have better road records. It's 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 really pitiful. Okay. So I, I, let's unpack that a little bit because to me, you know, the kind of the sticking point for the 76ers was, one, Joel Embiid's uh, lack of reaching his potential – now he's been he's mm-hmm. he's been good and um some may say he's even been great but it's always been that injury bug that's plagued him um for the years since basically ever since he's been in the league I mean I think that correct me if I'm wrong but I think that first season for Joel Embiid he was basically out the entire year I don't know if he even played um he was. because he was injured so much so there's there's point A and then point B is Ben Simmons, you know, he's not, you know, he's been in the league for what, three years now, this third year, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But the first year, he was also banged up. So you have Embiid and Simmons who, yeah. uh, who have been banged up significantly. And those are the two cornerstones of your team. And when you have that, like, it's one thing to have one cornerstone of a team who gets banged up, but it's another one who is, but having two, consistently that you can't rely on to be there night in and night out. That's very difficult to sustain because you essentially have to rely on your, your depth, your bench players, your, your role role players, players, not your superstars to, to just sustain you. And they haven't been able to Mm -hmm. do that because of all the injuries that have plagued Simmons and Embiid. No, you're a hundred percent right there. I mean, and then, one of those role players who they paid a, I believe a $110 million contract to mm-hmm. Al Horford. And now they've got him coming off the bench. So it's just, it doesn't seem to be working. Yeah, And I think the injuries are a big portion of it. And the other part of it is the identity of those two star players and how starkly it contrasts with the identity of yeah. the league today. Yeah, definitely. So you've got a big man who can shoot threes, but he's not quite mobile enough to, and his, you know, his shot release is not that quite quick enough to be, you know, a scary threat from beyond the arc. Um, and then you've got Ben Simmons, who is an oversized guard. who yeah. can't shoot. So, you know, what is, I mean, the biggest factor in the league today is three point mm-hmm. shooting. Mm-hmm. hands down and and that's what they don't have in their top two yeah. guys the the question is either one you pick one of those guys and say okay can i build a team around a big man in today's game i mean possibly Giannis could be considered a big man um but you know even with anthony davis the the pelicans couldn't do anything with him as the centerpiece and then your second question, if you go to Ben Simmons, is can you build around a point guard who can't shoot? And, I mean, there's 
Giannis is another example there, and they've they've been able to get it done, but he's also been expanding right. his range. So, so I'm going to pose the question, what should the Sixers do? Let's just say they continue down this path. They, as the lower seed entering the playoff in their matchup, they get bounced in the first round. What do they do? Do they run it back next year and say, we're going to be healthier? Our young stars are going to improve. We're going to get better. Or do they scrap it completely, head coach and two stars traded for draft picks and start completely from scratch? Or is it somewhere? You know, and I think it's somewhere in the middle. And I think this is a bigger deal than what people are making it out to be. Like, this is the 76ers who, you know, had the slogan, trust the process. And people were saying mm-hmm. we're tanking for picks and people, you know, in that kind of social sports experiment of does tanking for picks actually work and what's the end result. And if you asked me if tanking for picks about eight months ago worked, I'd probably say, yeah, the 76ers had a good season. Um, they were able to bring in, High draft picks with Embiid and Simmons. Uh, they brought in Fultz and obviously traded um, or let him go and, and got some um, got some components uh, to complement Embiid and Simmons. So they've been able to make decent moves with their draft picks. But if uh, if somebody was saying, you know, I want my team to tank for picks, I would say, well, that hasn't really worked out that well for. Uh, the 76ers. Now, it's mm-hmm. a little hard to analyze that because, yes, they did end up with two of their picks were very uh, very injury-prone. So who's to say, you know, if Embiid or Simmons, if one of them wasn't so injury-prone, maybe the tanking for picks thing would have worked out. But they're really putting all their eggs in one basket when they did, um, you know, suck to get draft picks, essentially. So that's one of the things. And the whole trust the process mantra, that's that is um definitely in jeopardy right now. But as far as what they should do going forward, I really do think it's somewhere in the middle. I don't think that they need to rebuild. I think that they have um a solid I think that they have a good head coach. Um I think that they have, you know, a solid young group of guys with Simmons and Bead, uh Horford has not done as much as we thought he would do this season. Definitely not as much as his contract has um, asked him to do. But I do think that he's a decent role player. But what they need to do is, one, draft pretty well. They need to draft a guy who has no injury history. And not saying that necessarily mm-hmm. uh, Simmons did coming in. You know That wasn't really Simmons' thing. Um, but you just kind of lucked out on that front um but they need to bring someone in who is a very solid player um and they need to retool and bring in some role players they need to bring in a a good core group of role players they don't have to go out and get stars they don't have to trade simmons and Embiid for damian lillard or something like that like it doesn't have to be a two-for-one deal they can go out and keep simmons and Embiid. Bring in a couple decent role players, um, and then go from there. I mean, they actually had a, a decent approach last year 
with uh, bringing in Jimmy Butler. I think that that is kind of the approach that they need to take. And honestly, it worked out decently for them last year. So I think they kind of need to go that right. route um, rather than re-scratching and retooling. So that's, that's interesting. And I'm glad you say that. I, I like it when we do mm-hmm. disagree. We get to give the listeners a couple different perspectives because I, I'm of the opinion that we may not be far enough into the process, quote unquote, to know the full results. But with the history that we've seen from both of their star players, we can we can give a pretty strong inference of the results. And they're not they're not where they wanted them to be. Where we thought they were gonna be was, you know, oh holy crap, they've got four or five top five picks in their starting lineup, they're going to be unstoppable for the next 10 years. Well, we know that's kind of unrealistic just in general, because you can't, uh, you can't pay that under the salary cap, but the ones we're not talking about are the picks that really didn't pan out or that they traded away as well. So, you know, um, Nerland's Noel was also one of the top picks in the draft and he's, not lived up to it at all, but for the for this experiment, we're talking about uh, Embiid and Simmons. I, I looked up their draft classes, and it's it's very possible to say that they are the most talented players in their draft class. You look at Embiid drafted in twenty fourteen; he went number three overall. Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker went above him. He's better than both of those players, mm-hmm. so they did good there. Uh, number four, right after Embiid, was Aaron Gordon. He's probably been more available, but I wouldn't say he's more talented. So you scroll down, and there's there's really not anybody else that stands out except for you did have Clint Capella, but you know he's. I'm not going to say he's a, a big difference maker either way there. Um, the one that stands out is Nikola Jokic, and he mm-hmm. was picked with pick number 41, so in the second round. So I'm not going to say realistically that that was the Sixers' fault for not finding him because every team in the league passed on him. Um, okay. So, so that that's not a realistic expectation for them to have found that. I was going to say, you know, hey, they just you can do this. You just have to draft better, but I can't really prove that. Yeah. Do you so? Do you think they should retool? Like, do you think they should trade away Simmons and or Embiid and then try to try to retool through uh, through free agent or through trades? I mean, yes, okay. I think if I had to tell you, okay, I am I am Elton Brand, the who I believe is the GM mm-hmm. of the Sixers. What am I going to do? I believe I would have to tell you I'm going to trade both of them. I'm going to fire my head coach. I'm going to get a new head coach. I'm going to bring in draft picks and not try to do it all over again. Uh, I'm going to try to do it differently. I'm going to try to be competitive. Um, And even if I can trade one of those high draft picks for an elite talent Mm -hmm. or package some draft picks for an elite talent, I'll, I'll try to do that as well because I'll have the cap space. Um, but I think you've got to at least trade one of them okay. because because of my thinking on it is that neither one of those can be 
the cornerstone for a championship team. Okay. And I don't think I don't think that's as big as a of a slight as it sounds. It sounds like, oh man, those two guys are great, but you're telling me that they'll never be the best player on a championship team. Well, I think we're kind of seeing that possibly Anthony Davis is the same way. Like he is an excellent top flight elite talent, but he's not an alpha. He is not the lead dog in the locker room. Okay. And or not on a successful team. Yeah. At least. So they need that 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 complimentary player that that even even if they're the complimentary player, they need somebody else on the team basically. Okay. Yes, and and it can't be the other person. Embiid's never going to be that for Simmons, and Simmons is never going to be that for Embiid. I agree with you. That's why it worked last year with Jimmy Butler, who might be less talented than both of them, but he's an alpha. He was the lead dog, and he he was able to push them to to places they hadn't been before. Um, yeah. I'm saying you gotta you gotta trade one of them. And you got to find that alpha, that lead guy, that guy with championship DNA, um, mm-hmm. or trade both of them and and try to find that guy organically. So I'm I'm gonna you know keep the keep the thread going of pushing back on on each other's arguments, which is good. We're gonna do that enough on the show, so I welcome it. Um, but you know I so I get where you're coming from, and I. I think that I definitely agree as far as they need that that extra kind of piece to the puzzle right i mean you have with Mm. simmons and Embiid. i think Embiid is still like a kind of forget the fact that they're both injury prone i think they're kind of still young in their mentality i think Embiid kind of still has this young player mentality even though he's not that young he's uh, i think he's 25 years old uh, and 25 been in the league for a little while and and simmons is he's maturing but um you can only go so far without a jump shot without a consistent jump shot without Mm -hmm. a consistent three-pointer as a guard in the nba today so they have their limitations um but for me if i'm sitting and i'm saying okay well you know elton brand and uh brett brown and you know you've got these um this front office that has really inspired like the city of Philadelphia as far as um, the 76ers go, because before Simmons and Embiid and kind of this influx of younger talent goes, the 76ers were the kind of the, one of the bottom teams of the NBA. And so it would be Mm -hmm. very difficult for me as the 76ers fan base to, regardless if it's, if it's kind of quote unquote, right or not right to to trade away one of those two pieces and then start rebuilding when we were so when we made a deep run in the playoffs last year and when um when this we kind of had this hope for um for the first time in a long time and there's some decent pieces that we could um that the 76ers could go out and get in free agency to kind of be that role player um that that more talented been a typical role player role player for the 76ers um i know with free agency coming around in the offseason some players that may compliment and well is uh, mike conley uh, andre drummond uh montrez harrell um even demar Derozan. that would be a, a really good addition to their team so all that to say i don't think that they should scrap it yet 
I think that they should keep pushing because they're going to make the playoffs, right? I mean, do you do you think right. so? So, you know, you said they're the sixth seed in the East. You know, the eight teams make the playoffs. So I think they'll definitely make the playoffs. And then who knows with the healthy Simmons and Embiid, they could, you know, I don't think that they'll make it as far as they did last year, but they could make it to the second round. I think that that's, that's reasonable. And if they did, would that, how would that look? You know, rebuilding if you made it first in the playoffs and then uh, end of the second round. I know, you know, terrible teams make the playoffs in the NBA. That's kind of how the format is sometimes. Um, but I think that the pieces are there and that the future is, is in place. Um, that gives them at the very least the potential for putting a good team around those two players and moving forward and keeping the fan base happy as well. So from there, we'll go to um, right. possibly discussions that could lead to an even more polarizing topic. All right. Um, let's talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks. What do you, what are your thoughts, Ben? Are, are they going to win it all this year? Is this the year you know, for the Greek freak? I don't think so. Um, I think the the teams in Los Angeles are too powerful. Uh, I, I think that they'll get to the championship. I don't really see anybody mm-hmm. in their way. Um, I mean, there's a few teams that are kind of playing good basketball. Celtics are playing good basketball behind Jason Tatum right now. Go Duke. But, um, I mean, I don't see them not getting to the championship, but I don't know if they could beat those Lakers or even those Clippers. I mean, those teams are good. Um, what do you think? I, I agree with you. I don't think this is their. I don't. I don't see them as an elite talent. Um, just a really good team. Could they win? Yeah, it's possible. I, I just don't think it's likely. Uh, Boston is probably the one that I think is the biggest threat. Miami is a wild card, you know, Indy, Philly, Brooklyn, Orlando, not going to happen. But, uh, so I think they're get to the Eastern conference finals. They are definitely the top team in the East. But like you said, the teams in the West, um, the way I see it is it's kind of like a, a determination thing. So you look at, um, LA, both teams in LA and whether you're looking at LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard, they are determined to win a title again. Uh, there's mm-hmm. nothing that's going to stand in their way physically, nothing they're not willing to do to get to that spot. Um, and I think really, and truly when you look Pat, at the last few years, um, you have to have a ton, a, a huge talent, advantage to defeat someone with that amount of determination. So you look at uh, LeBron against the Warriors when that talent was closer to even LeBron was obviously the more determined player and he, uh, he took his team to victory. Now, when (laughs) it was the Warriors with KD against Mm -hmm. LeBron, they didn't really have that, uh, they didn't have they that talent disparity was too big, and then you you have KD go down against the Warriors, and that talent disparity is pretty close or a lot closer to even, and determination is on the side of Kawhi Leonard, so th- so that's where I'm kind of leaning there. Like whoever comes out of the West okay. will, will um, be at least as talented and more determined than Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. 
So that beg that begs the question: If they don't win the championship, what happens next? Does Giannis re-sign with the Bucks? Uh, are they able to attract a free agent to an elite free well, agent to Milwaukee? Uh, or I, does I he hate not taking a side, but I don't know. You know, part of me says Giannis is loyal to Milwaukee and he enjoys it there, likes the fan base, has endeared himself to the fan base. The fan base has endeared himself to uh, – have has endeared themselves to Giannis. So that's a good – a really good fit for him. But I also think he's smart and he will realize, hey, you know what? The Bucks, mm-hmm. we're not going to win the championship. Uh, you know, in this hypothetical, they had gone to the championship twice and had lost twice. And so – because of that, I think he realizes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we are limited in what we can do here if we don't bring in a star. Um, their front office, their team, their roster does not strike me as a uh, team who will kind of go out and try their best to get an additional star um, for to complement Jonas. I don't see them kind of going out and reaching out to hmm. – um, some of the free agents and I guess almost kind of courting them like the Lakers and the, um, the Warriors right. have. Um, so do you think they would not go after him or uh, just not I have as strong a pitch? But I don't think they would necessarily have as strong as a pitch, you know? So when KD went to the Warriors, right, he, he, the, the okay. team, yeah. the superstars, Clay, uh, Steph and Draymond, they, sat down and talked to Steve Curry. They all sat down, you know, spoke with him. They had the all their, their star power players there. And what can you do in Milwaukee? You know, you can have Giannis come up and and give him his mm-hmm. give him his spiel and say, you know, come play with me. But it's just not as powerful as some of those um organizations that are in more attractive markets like the California teams. I mean, I think that there's a reason why the Lakers now have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And there's a reason why the Clippers now have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And there's a reason why the Warriors had at one point, Katie, Steph, Clay, um, you know, obviously they drafted Steph and Clay, but you know, Katie claim came over. There's a reason why there's markets are very attractive, you know, uh, even going back to LeBron and Wade mm-hmm. and Chris Bosch going down to Miami, like those, those markets are, are appealing. They're attractive. So um, I think that it would be difficult for them to bring in a free agent uh, that needs – they need a, another legitimate star in order to win. Like they can't bring in – like I don't, I don't think they could bring yep. in really like a – like even like a Kimba Walker. That's kind of – if Kimba joined that team, I, I don't think that they could still beat the the Lakers or the Clippers. So they need like a star – even higher than Kemba. That's kind of, I'm putting hmm. that as like the Kemba line. And so, and maybe that's, okay. maybe it's a little okay. uh, lower or need the line needs to be higher, but I think it's somewhere around there. And so that's difficult, like to go out and get a free agent that for this off season, that is as good or even better than Kemba. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen. That. So I yeah. think something that Giannis said is going to start clicking it and he might start thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I I can't win a championship here. And then, obviously, that answers a lot of other questions or opens mm-hmm. the, a lot of other questions. Is that one of his main priorities, or is it more about 
the location and the fans and the system and the organization that he's in? And if so, because that's completely understandable too. So it's just kind of his priorities and where he, uh, what he predicts mm-hmm. the future to be and as far as the Bucks organization goes. Yeah. I think, I think it's a, we're dealing in a, a kind of a buddy, buddy league. You know, you've got the, mm-hmm. the banana boat crew. You've got, you know, AD and LeBron teaming up, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, um, yep. KD and Kyrie. So, Here's how I think it's going to go in the offseason. I think it's going to go a lot like Kawhi's decision in that he's going to, you know, he's going to figure out, okay, who do, who do I want to come play with me here in Milwaukee? Cause I believe mm-hmm. that's what he wants to do is play in Milwaukee. Um, and if the team can get that done, then he'll stay. But if they can't, then I think it's very likely he leaves and it will be it'll be all kind of determined by the players. I don't think the the general managers are going to have much of a role in it. Just like we saw this last offseason where Kawhi dictated the terms of his his move to LA. He told the Clippers, "You go out and trade yep. for Paul George, I will sign with you." K- KD announced where he was signing before he took a meeting with the team and just pretty much assumed that they were going to pay him what he asked. Yeah. Right. Like how crazy is that? You announce it and you're just like, I'm just assuming literally Mm -hmm. all 30 teams in the NBA want me and whoever I choose is going to pay me max money. That's, that's crazy. That's, I mean, more power to them, but that's how the league is. So I think Giannis is going to be in a similar situation and he's going to say, okay, look, go get, I, I don't even know what the player is. Go get Damian Lillard. Go get um, – shoot. I mean, the the guys that, that would work well right next to him, um, you know, they're not coming to mind. But go get this player, Player X. Or, you know, I'm going to go find another team I can play with Player X with. Or – and here is kind of our transition to the next, uh, next topic. Mm. I'm going to go join the Warriors. I'm going to be their next – next addition in their their kind of uh this era which would be kind of a, a change from their style but he is a tremendous talent in his own right and there's no doubt that would be you know an interesting uh mix yeah there no that that, that definitely would be so on that note do you what do you think what's your prediction is Giannis go to the warriors Oh, uh, wow. okay. I, I right. think so. I think it's the most likely outcome at this point. Say, saying that I don't think they're going to win the championship this year, that I can't really pick that free agent or trade prospect that fits with him and will go to Milwaukee and that Milwaukee can effectively trade for. Yeah, I think I think he leaves in free agency. Or forces a trade, and okay. I think it. Um, I think it's to Golden State. Man, how crazy would that be? If because like thinking about Kevin Durant going to the Warriors at, at, in a stretch of what three years they would have had Clay, Steph, Draymond, KD, uh, Demarcus Cousins, uh, and Giannis. Like that is 
mm-hmm. man, that that would be insane. Like and Giannis, at yeah. that point, like you just have to say, man, the front office there is just doing amazing. Like one of the best in history. But at any rate, um, you know, I, I'll I'll probably continue the theme of this episode and push back on that some, which just is, is a nice way for saying I I I don't agree with you. Um, but no, I you know I think that the really the um this sticking point for me is like the uncertainty of the future of that team and so with you know Steph and Clay and mm-hmm. Draymond like they're you know have been there for a long time but there Clay almost left like I don't think it was any secret that uh Clay could have left um hmm. I don't you know it's hard to read between the lines and see how much he really was considering that but there's definitely a lot of talk about talk about it so you know if if he does end up leaving maybe not next year but the year after or so what does Giannis think about that so you know taking that into consideration I don't know if that's something that he really would take into consideration um but I also I don't know if the things that draw for example KD to uh the bay would draw Giannis to the bay like yes there's the winning aspect but um but I also think there's that kind of you know mm-hmm. the the Warriors are uh a flashy young team fun to watch California um big market you, you know and I don't know if that is on the top of Giannis's radar because we all know he's not he's not cut from the same cloth that a lot of these other guys are and I mean that in a good way he's kind of he he's kind of more of the right. put your nose to the grindstone and you know buckle down and just dunk straight on people and get two points and win games by consistently getting two points and so it, like you mentioned it's kind of the complete opposite version of basketball that the Warriors play so I think that that's a question yeah uh, too you know well Ben if you're telling me that Giannis is going to go to the Spurs. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you. That's what I'm telling you. I would you. love yeah, that. Sure. Hot take. You I'm heard a huge it here Spurs for... fan. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. Giannis I'm to the say Spurs. The next 32 episodes, which, by the way, listeners, this is now our 10th episode. So, if you've listened to all episode. 10 episodes, uh, you get a prize, and that prize buy yourself a cookie. Buy yourself that's a right. cookie. You deserve Logan it. Logan and I will certainly. Um, you can tell us about your cooking eating experience and we'll talk about it on the podcast. How about that? Um, Ooh, we will Tweet happily us do that. And we'll follow That's you right. back. That takes no monetary input whatsoever. <laughs> so we're all good for that. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I was just going to say, you know, over the next 30 episodes, I'm just going to say, Oh, Jonas is going to this, this other team. So, um, so I'll have called it first, which will be awesome. This other team. Okay. But, um yep yep okay so ben i think the question this leads to and we've kind of talked about you've got some uncertainty i've got a little certainty but not quite in in the direction that the listeners might think is the warriors dynasty ongoing or is that are we the warriors dynasty is ongoing it is still alive. You know, I don't know if I feel oh. like the podcast, I'm just, I think I just like love dynasties. 
even if I don't like love the team, you know, like last <laughs> week on the podcast, I was saying that Brady dynasty is still going to like Brady and Belichick are going to win another Super Bowl. Like, you know, so I don't, I, I guess I don't, I'm, I'm hesitant to give up on dynasties when they do look like they are um, flailing a little bit, but you know, in my mind, we look at the Warriors, like what they were pre-KD uh, with with the trio there, and they had some excellent role players and like Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala mm-hmm. and stuff. But And that was like a really good team. And honestly, I don't see – like when you have a healthy Warriors team with the roster they have now, I don't see a um, that big of a difference before uh, between a healthy team now and – the pre-KD years. So, and those teams won championships, were setting records left and right. So to me, I think, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that they're going to get back to maybe not uh, dynastic form that they had been, but very competitive basketball form. Um, That's contingent upon them coming back healthy. Steph has had his own battles, especially like, you know, with his ankles and, um, with injuries and he and they've plugged you know they've we know they've taken a toll on him unfortunately um i i would think clay should come back mm-hmm. okay you know his injury typically isn't one that lingers i think it was his acl um it, you know isn't one that that generally continues to give guys problems like steph's ankles have given him so i i mean i think that they should be okay so therefore i'm not going to say that their dynasty is over just yet what do you think? So I will say that the window is not over. The window is not closed, but I think it's closing mm-hmm. very, very quickly. So I think that the Warriors will not win more than one more championship with okay. Steph Curry on the roster. And here's why I think that because Steph, Clay, both returning from injuries both over 29 years old. So Clay is 30. Steph is 31. I believe Draymond's around the same age, maybe, uh, maybe a year or two older, but um, those three are their core. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're older than I feel comfortable with returning from injuries. And if you look at Steph's career, even from college on, He's been injury prone with the exception of those years. They won championships nearly every other season. He's had significant time miss due to injuries. So I'm not going to bet on Steph Curry being an MVP performer another year in his career. I think he's an all time great. I think he's probably, he is the best shooter in league history but I think his years as a dominant top wow. three player. That's in the a bolder claim to done. me than a so than that even the if than that the Warriors aren't gonna win another championship. Yeah, you know, I like it though. I I'm like, probably I like bold that. claims. I'll, I'll just be honest with that one. But yeah, I think we've got a lot of young up and coming guys and. And Steph is 31 returning from a broken hand, but you know, he has chronic ankle injuries and, and yeah. So I'm saying it's likely the dynasty is over. I'm going to say definitely they win no more than one more title. Even if Gian- Giannis comes to the Warriors in the next two years, 
I think they've got one title with Steph on the roster. So I'm kind of leaving myself a caveat there. If they somehow uh, – now, they may have the first pick in the draft this year. If that player is a superstar, then, yeah, Steph may retire at 33, and, um, you know, they may c- collect Giannis and one more superstar, and they may continue the dynasty. But what I'm saying is Steph's part of that dynasty. He's got he's got one, maybe two more years in my mind uh, as a uh, window. Okay. That. You know, there, there are only seven spots out of the playoffs right now. <laughs> They're only uh, 24 games back. Only. So. <laughs> If they close that, if they close that gap, only twenty four games golden. back. Yep. Yeah, there it is. So what the Warriors lack is young players, and really quickly, what I want to run through with you is our starting five under twenty five. So twenty five years or younger. Wh- who are your starting five? Best, maybe not best five, but build your roster with five players right. under twenty five. Um, so I looked up these players. Uh, there's about a like a five percent chance that one of them is older than twenty five, but because I was looking at a lot of you know a good amount of ages, but I th- I'm pretty sure I'm all set. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm gonna start with the two that you probably have on your team. Most people would probably have on their team. Uh, Zion out of okay. out of Duke, which by the way we play uh, NC State mm-hmm. tomorrow at two thirty. So. That's going to be a great game. Uh, we're one on one with him, but we're not talking about college basketball yet. Um, so, <laughs> the second player is Luca. Um, so I, I, I think it's safe to assume that most people would probably have okay. Zion on Luca. Uh, the next three are probably the a little bit harder to decide. Um, but I've got Devin Booker. I've got Trey Young. Okay. And I've got Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, I believe, Cat is twenty four, okay. so he's not quite twenty five. Um, but you know, when I was like researching this, it was really interesting because, I, and I think we might be onto something here. Like twenty five is that kind of cutoff age between like okay and like superstar status. Like there are some really good players that like there's there's not a ton of superstars under the age of twenty five. Which and twenty five isn't really like people are coming mm-hmm. in the league now at 20 years old. So you can have players that have been in the league for five years right. that are, are 25 years old. So there's like a good seasoned crop of players to choose with, to, to choose from that are under 25, but there really weren't that like that many superstars. But once you start going 25 and above, that's when you start. No, I think more of the superstars, which is, it was just interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's really in this class, only two that you call superstars. And yep. one of them's only played like 19 games. Yep. <laughs> Zion Williamson and Luka Doncic to me are the only superstars under 25. Um, so recap your list, run right back right. through them. Devin so Booker, I can make sure I've Zion, got Luka, Trey Young, Carl Anthony Towns. Wow. So I believe I have more, Duke players. Wow, you do on my you've list got, than uh, you have on yours. You've got a uh, Gary Trent. I do. <laughs> I know those three. <laughs> How'd man. you know? How'd you know? So, 
I'm I'll give okay. I'll give you mine and I'll give you their positions. At the point guard position, Luka Doncic, um, oversized point is going to end up in this roster guarding the okay. three, but playing the one on offense. At the two guard position, we've got Donovan Mitchell, Spider Mitchell. I think he is a freak talent, um, decent shooter, great okay. uh, slasher. Hey, you, as, you know what? Guard. Wait, I'm, I hate to interrupt you. At the three, can I can I make an amendment to my team? Actually, there's a player that I forget, and I'm really embarrassed that Go I forgot ahead. about him. And I'm sorry. And I was just talking about Duke and everything. I'm swapping out Trey Young for uh, Jason Tatum. I don't know how I overlook that. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's there you go. My bad. There I'm you a go. Duke fan. Um, but yeah. Okay. So no Trey Young, Jason Tatum. <laughs> I'm going with that. Easy, easy swap out. So why, man? Why you know Jason when Trey when, Trae, when I was watching Jason Tatum play at Duke, and I was like, this he's going to be really good. Um, he's kind of he's basically like a Skinner LeBron to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, but he. I mean, Trey Young, like okay. that was always he's a, he can produce fantastically offensively, but I think there's kind of that defensive piece that is possibly lacking a little bit with him. Um, and mm-hmm. Jason Tatum has just been able to be like close to super, like he is really leading that Celtics team um, fantastically. So I, you know, he, yeah. he, he can score, he can do it all. So um, it, was, it was easy decision swapping him out um, for Trey Young. Should have done it in the first place. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, you've got a you've got a bigger lineup. I've kind of got a small ball lineup here, uh, with the exception of Luca. So I've got Luca at the point, uh, Donovan Mitchell at the two, okay. Devin Booker at the three. Now I understand he's he would be he's more of a shooting guard. He's going to guard a shooting guard. He's just going to play one of my wing spots. Um, and then I've got Jason Tatum as mm-hmm. well, but I'm putting him at the four. Um, I compare him less to LeBron okay. and more to I can Kobe, see that. Really and truly. Um, yeah. Watch, watching him shoot, and yeah. I've seen, you know, one of those yeah. side-by-side mm-hmm. videos. He learned a lot from Kobe watching his game. And really and truly, you put a young Kobe in today's game, he might yeah, be that's playing true. I mean, a power forward. I think he's 6'8", so he's – I mean, he's, he's got he's got height. Yeah, yeah. Same size. Mm-hmm. So then at okay. the five, I've got Zion. <laughs> I nice. got a six six center on my uh twenty five or five under twenty five. Um so yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of um debate about like Zion's potential is out of the roof. Luca's potential is sky high. The rest of these guys, like Booker, we might have seen his best basketball and he might but he's still gonna be in his prime for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's really great basketball. Um so where we kind of – the only difference we had was you had Carl Anthony Towns and I had Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, right. Um, and I, I think that's kind of uh, – I don't know. I uh, My question with Carl Anthony Towns is is probably more about leadership, less about talent. And, and I see that drive and desire to win and more success from um, – from Donovan Mitchell. What do you see about Carl Anthony? You know, it was kind of just a si- like, it was a size thing um, to some degree. You know, I had my next. Mm-hmm. He's really, he really is the only, the best yeah, big yeah. under so 25 think, years old. Uh, you know, if we were doing a best five players under 25, 
I don't know if I'd put him in there, but if but since we we're doing a team, you know, I'd want I'd um the size mm-hmm. was something that you know that was could be a factor that would help from a team perspective. Um, but I agree, you know, I don't think you know whether you go with Donovan Mitchell or Carl Anthony Towns, I don't think there's a a, a wrong answer between either of those two. Um, you know, both players are fantastic, but I definitely I I would share that sentiment that I think that fire and kind of that drive you see it a little bit more in uh donovan mitchell than you do in in, mm-hmm. in cat so we line up our teams in 2k who wins the opening tip easily zion, zion. Or carl anthony towns zion he might as well be like <laughs> with, with yeah. a four or five zion might as well be like seven different six in the crazy NBA right now with the with that vertical <laughs> man it's crazy but uh-huh well, Ben, yeah. I know that we're up against the clock. Um, do we want to talk Zion or Let's Luka save for next today episode. or I'm next episode? I'm interested to hear what our Twitter fan base uh, is going to say. I would love to hear their top five under 25. Yeah. Um, I'll throw that out there for a question after we release this episode. Uh, our Twitter fan base has been growing, actually. We've been... Uh, grown gotten some cool new followers uh so that'll be interesting to hear and maybe they'll give us some good insight about luca versus uh zion for next week that we can discuss yep put out um you put out that i'm gonna put out some polls and and take the temperature of our audience about would you take zion or donchick in different scenarios so we will see what they say and compare it to what we have to say in the next episode Thank you all for listening. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter, uh, going for TWO underscore pod, and email us. Hit us up on the Anchor app. Um, tell your friends. Tell your mothers. Tell yep. your